Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. Well, I think it's been actually about a month since I've preached a sermon that I had prepared for you guys. Um, <laughs> it was just kind of crazy. It's been that that long because I, I gave my finale of a of a series we've been on. It was a month ago today, um, and then the next week was the, I think that was the week that I went up to ship Shawana, and then I came back and I got sick. And so Jessica, my amazing wife, Jessica covered for me last minute and man isn't it man like it was Saturday evening that we made the decision that she needed to cover me on Sunday morning she she was like she had no foresight at all with that but I, I she's amazing isn't she and and I mean the Bible says to be ready in season and out of season to to share the word and everything and and so she came um she is always ready, really, to, to do something with God, um, and so that was pretty awesome, and uh, I mean, she just was flowing in the spirit, wasn't she, and guiding you guys into some encounters and breakthroughs and stuff. How many of you guys were blessed with that? Look at that. Jessica, when you watch this later, it's unanimous in here, all right? That, that's cool, because I, I went back and listened to it later, and um, it was good. I, I know it's different when you're actually in it, though, but... Uh, powerful. And then um, two weekends ago, Stephen Lorraine Box came to celebrate our five-year church anniversary. They called it the birthday. Um, did you guys enjoy that? Yeah. yeah, that was a blessing. And and they actually spoke on something, and they gave five, I forgot where they worded it, but it was like five um, points for vision for this next year for us as a church, right? Anybody remember any of them? I'm, I'm po- giving you a pop quiz. Okay. 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 So you, you got the themes, some of the themes accurate. That's not the way they said it, but you did a great job. Let's give Darlene a hand for that. That was awesome. Did anybody else remember any of them? Keep the main thing, the main thing. That's awesome. Yep. Anybody else? Even if you don't remember the it's the wording, if you can just remember the concept, that's great. Make room for the Holy Spirit. Make room for the Holy Spirit. Amen. He showed up last Sunday, huh? Yeah. We had a whole bunch of people get healed, like just spontaneously in, in a, just a short few minutes' time. That was awesome. Yeah, so they, they just busted through five points. It was generosity, steadfastness, submission to the mission, live wholeheartedly, and stay hungry. Good stuff, right? Anyway, I just wanted to remind us of that. Um, it's awesome that we're five years into this thing, huh? You guys blessed on that? Good. All right. Um, I, before I get into my message, I actually wanted to ask Bob Harshman if he'd come up here and share with you guys quickly a, a cool testimony of something that God did. Why don't you guys welcome Bob up? Well, thank you. Um, my testimony is Jesus has healed me. Okay. And I'm not going to 
give a list of anything that distracts from that. Okay? Amen. All right. So I didn't think I'd be, have any disagreement among you, but I appreciate that. So a couple, about a, two months ago, I walked up to Chris at, uh, after the conclusion of the service, and head usher Chris had a word of the Lord for me. Let me share with you, first of all, I appreciate everybody that's had a word for the Lord, Amen. from the Lord, for me. It is not, you haven't registered that in vain. Amen. I've received it. And Chris walked up to me and he said, I have a word for you. And he said, God is healing you. I said, okay, I can receive that. And then he said to me, you're going to run for the Lord. And I said, Chris, I haven't run for anybody for 15 years. I've been restricted. And he looked at me and he said, no, you don't understand. The word of the Lord is you will run for the Lord. And two weeks later, I walked up to Chris. I hadn't had a chance to talk to Jesse yet, but I walked up to Chris and I said, Chris, God has given you a word and I have received it and I've been running for the Lord. Wow. Running for the Lord. Wow. And he's... He said, that's the word of the Lord. It's from the Lord. It's not from me. And I said, I receive it. And God is cleansing and helping and anointing me with the word of the Lord for my health and healing. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I could go on. I have been known to go on. <laughs> but I won't. God give, I give God the glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you tell me how much you've been running? How much have you been running? I, I've, I've been running about, uh, I, I uh, walk twice a, uh, twice a day. And I run uh, three times, four times a week. Wow. How far have you been going? Oh, I, about four miles. <laughs> four miles. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not just down the block and back, man. That's amazing. 
Wow, isn't that awesome, guys? I, I, just, I wanted you guys to hear that testimony because it's, it's, it just shows that uh, prophecy is a real thing. Uh, when you're really speaking the things God's saying, and people, like, there, there's actually virtue that's released, but, but it also requires the person to receive it by faith and then put action on it, right? So there's like all these, there's, it wasn't just Chris gave a word and bada bing. No, Chris heard from the Lord. He took a risk and spoke it. Bob decided that he's going to receive it by faith. And then Bob put his feet to it literally, right? And then we see what God's done and, and how is your body, your body is doing good, huh? Come on. That's awesome. So, yeah, praise. Let's give God glory for that. That's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. There's the risk that Chris took, and then there's the risk that he took in receiving it, and then there's the faithfulness to try it. And I, I want to just take a second and just point this out, like how many times is God trying to tell us something, and, and we, can either, we can either take it and be like, oh, that was a cool word, Lord, and then we just go about our day and move on and nothing happens. How many, like, what if God is actually releasing divine graces for us, and we're missing them all the time because we're not actually engaging it at a faith level and then doing something with it. But what, like, what if Bob did not receive Chris's word? He would have no idea that he could actually be doing something he wasn't able to do for 15 years. That's amazing. So the word literally imparted a grace into Bob to be able to do something that's a breakthrough level. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? And that's what God's doing, and he's releasing things all the time, and it's up to us if we're going to grab a hold of it by faith and actually activate it and then steward it, all right? So Bob's been stewarding it, and his health is actually improving as a result. Come on. And I, I want to just, I want to pull off of that word right now and just declare over people, if you would receive this one by faith, just like Bob did, I just want to declare over people who need a quickening of body, quickening of strength, a renewal of strength like eagles, amen? I just released that on people right now in Jesus' name, supernatural impartations of grace to give physical bodies new measures of energy, new measures of mobility, new measures of being able to keep up with things and go to the next level physically in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's give God another praise for that. Hallelujah. Thanks for sharing that, Bob. That's awesome. Thanks, Chris, for, for stepping out in faith, man. Hallelujah. All right, I want us to, I want us to put our vision statement up on the screens. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually ask you guys if you could stand with me. And on the count of three, I want us to read this together. And as you're reading it, I want you to connect your heart and your spirit to this, okay? And we're just going to kind of remember like our mandate, remember what God has us here for doing. <clears throat> On the count of three, one, two, three. Our vision is to advance God's kingdom on earth by hosting his presence and raising up a healthy family of powerful revivalists who are advancing the kingdom. Come on! Hallelujah. All right, you can, you can be seated. Um, I, I want to I ask you guys, if you 
have not, if you did not hear the message that I gave a month ago, um, and it was on, it was on September the third, and it's called spiritual covering of the church. I want to urge you, please, to go back and listen to it. If you're listening online and you didn't hear that, I, I want to just encourage everybody to go back and listen to that. And if you did, listen to it again if you, if you feel like it, because it was just very important to me. Um, but that was actually the culmination of, a, of an extensive series that I've been doing um, from Matthew chapter 16, 16 through 18. How many of you guys have been blessed just to see uh, God's perspective on the church in that passage. Yeah. Amen. And so uh, we're, we have finished that series, but I want you to know that doesn't mean I'm done talking about ecclesia, God's version of the church, because there's still plenty more to go on that. But from the passage of Matthew 16, 16 through 18, that is the part that I concluded. Now we're going to move into a, a new topic in regards to Ecclesia. So if you could please turn your Bibles over to Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. That went over everybody's head. Does anybody get the funniness of what I just did? Because I just said that we finished that passage and I'm telling you to turn back. But I'm actually serious. <laughs> All right, open your Bibles, Matthew 16, Verse 18, I was hoping that you guys would catch that and be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> hey, that's all right. All right, I, I am going to read from this, this verse. This, we're not going to be hanging out in that passage the same way that we were, but we've got to dive into something here. Matthew 16, 18, um, just a reminder, this is what we've been doing this is, uh, this is when Jesus was saying, who do people say I am? And Peter said, you know, they, they said all the people that they thought he was, but then he said, who do you say I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ, right? And so Jesus is stoked. He's like, only the Father could have revealed this to you. So verse 18, Jesus said, I also say to you that you are Peter. Everybody say Peter, Peter. which is Petros. Everybody say Petros, Petros in the Greek. And on this rock, everybody say rock. In the Greek, it's Petra. Everybody say Petra. I will build my church. Everybody say, I will build my church. And the church is Ecclesia. Everybody say, Ecclesia. Okay. And then the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So we spent a lot of weeks on that. I'm going to focus on a different piece of this right now. All right. Uh, he said, you, I say to you that you are Peter on this rock. And we talked about how this rock is the actual revelation of who Jesus really is, not just a prophet. He literally is the Christ, the Son of the living God, right? So as, 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 we, as we're able to see by the Spirit who Jesus is truly in the Spirit, uh, he's saying, I'm going to be able to use, I'm going to be able to build my church on that revelation, all right? So uh, uh, one key word that we have not unpacked that we're going to dive into now is this word build, all right? On this rock, I will build my church. I will build my ecclesia. Everybody say build. build. In the Greek, the word build is oikodomeo. Oikodomeo. Can you say that? Oikodomeo. All right. Say it one more time. Oikodomeo. And there's no N in there, so it does not say oink like a pig. 
oikodomeo, all right? So the word oikodomeo means to build, just like he said, I will build my church, right? I will oikodomeo my ecclesia, all right? That word means to build, to strengthen, or build up, okay? Oikodomeo, to build, to strengthen, to build up. But that, that word oikodomeo comes from two root words, okay, that, that are built together, compound word, and it comes from the word oikos and doma. Oikodomeo comes from oikos and doma. You combine them together, it's to build, right? <clears throat> the word doma means a roof. It means roof, okay? And the word oikos, everybody say oikos. That means house, and it means household. It means family. Everybody say oikos. Household. House. Family. Whoa. So when Jesus is saying, I will oikodomeo my church upon the revelation of who I am, I'm going to oikodomeo my ecclesia. Oikodomeo, it means to build, but it comes from the root words that are combined together, a roof and a household. Whoa. All right, so, so that just makes that word oikodomeo, to build, it actually makes it a lot more rich than just, we're just going to build the structure, and we'll call it my church. No, actually... It's talking about building a house to cover a family. All of a sudden, this verse just takes a whole new level of depth from the way we normally read it. Because we think in terms of the church, oh, I'm going to build my church on this rock and then the, there's going to be warfare, but it's going to win. Actually, he's actually painting a deeper, more rich picture than that. I'm actually going to build a house with a covering to, uh, to protect my household, my family within it. Wow. Come on. So as Jesus is saying this whole thing, and he's talking about how Peter had this revelation of who he is, that he's actually the Christ, the Son of the living God, and he's saying that revelation of who you, you know who I really am now, like, I'm going to be able to build on you that that is the foundation of Christ, me, okay? I am the foundation, me revealed to you. That is the foundation. And I'm going to build a house with a roof over it to encase my family, my household within it. And I'm going to call that my church. So basically what he's saying is on this solid rock foundation of the revealing of who I really am, I'm going to build up my family, and I'm going to build a shelter over it. And this household is my church. <laughs> That's way more deep and rich than just saying, I'm going to put together a church, and hell won't be able to prevail. No, he's saying, I'm going to build a family, and I'm going to build a shelter over it, and I will be the shelter, by the way. I'm going to build it on a solid rock that can never be shaken, but this is my family in a home, 
And because it's a family and a home on a foundation under the covering of heaven, hell will not even be able to touch it, but you will be able to crush hell everywhere you go. Come on. So he's actually talking about building a family. Who is the, the first, we call it the first part of the Trinity. What do, we, what do we call him? The Father. The Father. Papa. He's a Father. And he's not just a Father of Jesus. He's a Father of all of his children. Amen? So he's a family God. So I want you guys to repeat these, these Greek words with me again. Oikodomeo, which means to build, strengthen, or build up. The word doma is in okodomeo, and it means roof or covering, right? And then there's oikos, which is house, household, family. All right? Everybody say it again. Oikos. Oikos is the root word in Greek that we're going to focus on today, all right? So oikos means house, household, family. If, I'm going I'm to bump you guys through a bunch of scriptures, so try to get your fingers ready and start flipping pages. Please go to Acts chapter 7, verse 47. <clears throat> this was the, while you're turning there, I'll just give you context. This was when Peter had been preaching and, oh, sorry, not Peter, Stephen had been preaching and, and doing miracles and like God just bringing revival through him. And he's, he's preaching this incredible message where he's actually going through the whole got the whole kingdom story through the Old Testament to present a case for Jesus Christ being the true Messiah, okay? And so in verse 47, he gets to this part. He says, but Solomon built him a house. Talking about building God a house, right? The temple. So Solomon built him a house. Everybody say house. house. That is oikos. All right? Solomon built him an, an oikos. And he, he continues, however, the Most High does not dwell in temples made with hands, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne, and earth is my footstool. What house will you build for me? All right, if God has heaven and earth, he's like, what can you build for me, right? What house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Has my hand not made all these things? So when he says, heaven is my throne, Earth is my footstool. What house, what oikos will you build for me? What oikos will you oikodomeo for me? You guys see that? All right, you guys, you guys follow me? Flip back to Acts 2, same book, Acts 2. Start at verse 1. We're getting a little nerdy today, by the way. I know Angel likes that. How many of you guys would say that you are like me in the fact that you're a word nerd? I'm a word nerd, all right? Uh, the word is so important. You a word nerd? Good. All right, Acts 2, verse 1. I'm going to read the first four verses. It says, when the day of Pentecost, whoa, come on, we know what's coming, had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Everybody say all, one accord, one place. All right, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house. It filled the whole oikos. Everybody say it filled the whole oikos. That word is very important in the kingdom, guys. It filled the whole oikos, which in this context, it's the family community 
of the, of the believers coming together centered around Jesus Christ in a home. All right, they're gathering together in an intimate space and they're seeking the Lord together in unity. It's called the oikos. All right, so they were got, they were filled. What's up? There was a shaking. I did. I didn't. You just you felt a shaking when I was just doing that. Wow. That's crazy. All right. Thank you, Lord, for confirmations. That's wild. All right. So for those of you who are listening, <laughs> um, apparently the, the building just shook. I didn't catch it, but some people, there's a sound of shaking. You, everybody's around here saying that. Right when I said what? When, it said, when I said it sounded like a rushing wind, right? That's crazy. Thank you, Lord. We receive it, Jesus. All right, so, um, so the sound of the mighty rushing wind, it filled the whole house, the whole oikos. It's not just the building, it's the people who are together as a family. You guys seeing what I'm saying here? Because they were in one place and they were, of, they, they were all in one accord, right? Seeking Jesus together. All right. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit was poured out on an oikos. It was poured out on a household, in a house, in a home, all right, of the saints gathered together around Jesus Christ. Kind of cool to recognize this. That was the moment that the church, the ecclesia, was born on this earth, was right then, right? And, and we, need to, we need to see the nature of God because God, in the beginning of, of earth time, He created this earth and He created the human race in the context of family, And when he birthed the church into this world, he birthed the church into a home, into an oikos, into a a household family, a communal family in Christ. Come on. How are we doing right now? Good. So the church became God's household. The church became God's household. Family. Everybody say the church is God's family. <clears throat> Amen. Turn your Bibles over to 1 Peter chapter 2, please. Verse 4. It says, Coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, so he's a living stone, and now it's saying you are living stones, right? You, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house. Everybody say built up. Spiritual house. All right, and it says you are a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. All right, so it's saying that Jesus is a living stone, and it's calling you, 
living stones, right? And just as a reminder of, of Matthew 16, verse 18, when Jesus said, I say to you that you are Peter, he's giving the name Petros, and he said, and on this rock, Petra, it's not the same, but it's part of the same, right? On this rock, Petra, that's the revelation of Christ as the foundation, I will build my church. All right, so this, this passage in 1 Peter 2 is saying that Jesus is the living stone. All right, now we got to remember that Jesus is the rock. He is the foundation of all things that are being built on in the kingdom. He's the foundation of his ecclesia. But he's saying you are also living stones. And so when, when he told Peter, I'm going to build my church, I'm going to oikodomeo my church, I'm going to build up this household into a, I'm going to build a, a structure to house my family in. All right? And he's saying, so you're living stones, and you are being built up, echodomeo, sorry, oikodomeo, built up, a spiritual house, an oikos. Are you guys with me? Is this, is this too heady, too nerdy? We good? Are you, are you guys taking this in? All right, good. So, so he, basically, this passage in 1 Peter 2 is kind of giving a different language to the same thing that Jesus said to Peter. Rocks, I'm the rock, and you're little rocks that are going to be a part of who I am. So he's the living stone, and you guys are living stones. And it's not, it's not you're an individual living stone, okay, that he's going to build up and do these things with. No, he's specifically talking to the plural, the plural. You are living stones. So it's plural. It has to do with the, the togetherness of one another. As he said, together as living stones, you're being built up a spiritual house. Whoa. Spiritual. Together. You, you, you're, you, re, you resemble Christ. He's the living stone. And each of you resemble Christ as living stones. When, when Jesus is revealed to you, you become transformed into his image, and your life become, begins to look and emulate Jesus. Amen? <laughs> you guys with me? All right, so he's building up his spiritual house, his spiritual oikos. It's not, like, like a lot of people think of the church and we use these, this language, well, we're the house of the Lord or we're, we're, the, we're the house, we're the home of God. And we think of it, and we think of it as a building structure and there is total connotation for that. But we miss the deeper part that really what he actually is talking about is not so much a physical building structure. He's talking about his family, his kids. His family coming together around Jesus Christ under the covering and the blessing of the Father, who's a good father, bringing his kids together. Amen? Amen. It's a family. All right. So when you continue um, in that passage, it goes on in verse 9. I'm going to skip down to verse 9. It says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Okay? And then in verse 10, it says, but now you are the people of God. So, and, and so it is talking about that we together are the actual housing of the Lord, 
There are verses for that. Example is 1 Corinthians 3.16 that says, Do you not know that your, your body, that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Okay? So we are a housing for the Lord. And that word dwells, guess what word it is? It's, it comes from the same root word of oikos. It's oik, oikeo. <laughs> you guys getting the picture I'm trying to paint? Okay. I'm going to keep painting. To dwell, it means, it means oiko. Oiko means to live in, to dwell, to be in a home. To, it's not just it's not just being this reverent uh, this holy weird like spiritual Catholic cathedral for God. That's, that's like it's awesome, but but there's no heart connection to it. No, he's actually talking about being a house, a home, a home that God makes Himself home in. <laughs> like God. Is, is he's actually wanting us to understand who he knows that we are as his church. That it's, it's not just saying that you go to Overflow Church. It's not just that we show up on Sunday mornings and some people Wednesday nights or whatever. <laughs> or whatever your thing is that you, that you might show up and do or not. It's not about that. Like that is very important, but we need to see it deeper than just the flesh, the, the in the flesh action of showing up and doing your time and checking the checking the box. All right, it's, it's way, it's way more than that to God. This is his home, and he's trying to make himself at home amongst us, and he's trying to dwell as a good father and as the glorious kabod shekinah glory one that we love in that realm. That's him. That's he's the father. Hanging out, he, he's, he's, trying to, he's trying to have his kids together because he loves family time. <laughs> he loves family time. He's a family God. And he's building a family. And he's building a home for himself and his household to dwell in. You guys hear me? And this says that we're the royal priesthood. How, how could we be royal priesthood? Because he's the king and we're his kids. So, you know, we, we've been talking about the ecclesia as God's version of the church. We're trying, to, we're trying to break out of Western Christianity, Western religion, Christendom perspectives on the church and try to see how God actually sees it from the Spirit, from His heart. And it's not just about checking the boxes to do the stuff. It's about seeing that God looks at each person in here. Each person. Why don't you guys look around for a second and just stare awkwardly in somebody's eyes for a second. So, and let them stare at you awkwardly in the eyes for a second. And I want you to look deeper than the outside. I want you to look into the heart that that person is God's kid. That person, God sees them as your brother, as your sister, as your family. Okay? The, and family 
is more and much deeper, much richer, much more committed than just showing up in body. (laughs) You guys hear what I'm saying? We need to see things the way God does because when we can see it the way he does, we have to make a decision. Am I willing to shift from the way I've seen it that didn't match that? And then, and then I have to ask the question, if, I'm, um, if God's showing me a different perspective on something than mine, am I willing to shift my perspective to enter into his? And am I willing to engage with the responsibility that comes from living from that place that might be different than how I was doing it before? I feel God's pleasure on this message. Flip over to Hebrews 3, please. And I start in verse 1. All right. I'm going to read 1 through 6. And if we have people that like to count things, I want you to count this as I read this. I want you to count how many times the word oikos shows up in six verses. All right? Here we go. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him who appointed him as Moses also was faithful in all his house, oikos. One, are you guys going to count with me? For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who built the house has more honor than the house. Oikos, oikos, oikos. It's not just the building, it's the house, it's the household, it's the family. You guys catch what I'm saying here. For every house, oikos, is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house, oikos, five, as a servant, for a testimony of those things which he would have, which would be spoken afterward, but Christ as a son over his house. Everybody say son over his house. So this isn't just about a religious place. It's actually about a home and a family, right? So son over his house. That's oikos. What number are we at? All right. Whose house, oikos, we are if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. All right. So this is a, that whole passage is about a family God having a home having a household, and he's the son over God's household. Come on. Six verses, seven oikoses. Kind of important to him, right? This, and I want to say that oikos is the church. It is the church. It's not just all the people collectively who have been saved and they're out there somewhere and they may or may not go to church, but it, you know, but it's like, like there's a lot of people who have actually 
left the church and still call themselves Christians, but they want nothing to do with the church. And guess what? This does not include those people. And I don't say that judgmentally. I say that grievously. Like I I say it sad for them. I say it scared for them. All right? But, But when this is talking about oikos, it literally is talking about the church, God's family, the church. All right? If you, I forgot to tell you to turn to 1 Timothy 3.14, but that's where we're heading to this time. 1 Timothy 3.14, I want to give you a verse that very clearly says that this is the, his church. It says, These things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly, but if I am delayed... I write, to, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God. The oikos. It's not just the building. It's the people. It's the family. This is talking about the family of God. Are you guys following me? All right. It says, I, I want to write to you that you may know how to how to conduct yourself in the oikos of God, which is the church, the ecclesia of the living God. Did you guys follow me there? Huh? (laughs) I don't know if some people are like you're taking it in, you're trying to process it, or if you're like, I hate what he's saying, I fully disagree, or if you're just thinking about Shoney's right now, I'm not sure, but... But I want you guys to see this because I'm clearly giving you scripture here. It says, it says the house of God, the oikos, the family of God, which is the church, the ecclesia of the living God. Literally, clearly says that the church is his family. I didn't write it. Okay? And it says that the church, it's the, the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. All right, now listen, this passage, like this, like people want to say, well, the church is the universal and it includes all Christians. No, it doesn't. No, no, it actually doesn't. Because if Christians say, I don't need the church, they've actually, they've actually chosen to not be part of the church. I'm not saying they're doomed to hell. That, you know, Jesus' blood is bigger than the church, so I'm not saying that, but I am saying that, that you're either in the church or you're not by decision and by action. And, and the universal church is the collection of all people who are part of the church, okay? But, it's, but it, the universal church is the collection of all local churches. <laughs> you can't be part of the universal church and not be part of his local church because that's how you get in the ecclesia. It's the communal. It, like, yes, the body of Christ is the broad uni- unifying of all things, but it comes down to the church. And, and in this chapter, 1 Timothy 3, when he's saying that the, house of, the household of God, the oikos of God, is the church of Christ, right? The ecclesia of the living God literally is in the same chapter. It's the very next things that he says right after he's talking about how to raise up um, overseers or, or bishops and deacons. 
people who are appointed as the specific leaders of local churches. So Timothy, sorry, Paul writing to Timothy is specifically saying that the household of God is the church. He's talking about the local church. So the context does include the universal church, but it's actually being involved with the local church. Because you can't, listen, the church is the family of God doing community together. Community, everybody say that, community. community. You, can't be, you can't have church and not have community. You can't. You can't, you can't rightfully say you're part of the church of Christ and not be committed to community together the right ways. It doesn't work. Like, that, like you might think that, but God doesn't. And so who's, who's the right one? You guys, you guys follow me? All right, so when it talks about the house of God, it's not just talking about the building. Like, like some people think the church is the place. Well, no. Uh, it is true that God inhabits places and he anoints places and shifts atmospheres in, in locations, and I believe that's even here. Uh, he does do that, but it's, it's not the building, and it's not even just that he's made us a spiritual building. He kind of has, but it's deeper than that. He's made a household. He's made a family. All right, how are we doing? Am I, how, how's my Yelp score doing right now? We all right? So, so when we talk about God's version of the church, we got to say his version of the church is family. Family. Family is relational. It's committed. It's interactive. It's heart connected. It works through the hard stuff. There's so many things about family. We're going to unpack this, not today, fully. We're going to go after this. You know why? Because our vision is to advance God's kingdom on earth by hosting his presence. We do a lot of that. But it also is raising up a healthy family. And we, we, we have room to grow in that. And I don't just mean numerically. I'm talking about the way that we perceive this. And so we're going to cultivate greater understanding and perspective on what does it mean to actually become a healthy family of God. How many of you guys think that's important? Amen. Flip your Bibles over to Ephesians chapter 2. <laughs> I'm going to start in verse 19. And I'm going to, I'm going to say some Greek words, and they're not all oikos, but I want you to pay attention because every Greek word I'm getting ready to say has the root word oikos in it. So it actually is oikos. All right? You guys ready to follow me on this? Yeah. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. How many verses does that equal? 19 through 22. Four, it's four verses. Okay? Now I want you to pay attention. And every time I say a word that has the root word oikos in it, I want you to put your count out again. All right? And here's the reason, because we're trying to pay attention to how important this is to God, all right? 
Here we go. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners. And that word foreigners is the Greek word peroikos. Peroikos. And what does peroikos mean? It means it means resident alien, but it also means not in the family. All right? You're no longer strangers and people who are not in the family, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household. Members of the household. Members of the household all is actually from one Greek word. It just is explained in, the, in those four words there. Members of the household comes from the Greek word oikeos. Two. So, so we are saints. Everybody say, I'm a saint. <laughs> and we're members of the household of God. We are literally God's family. That's what this says. Okay? Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. So that word built on is ep oikodomeo. It's the same word. It just has the word ep in front of it. Ep oikodomeo. It means to build a house to, to shelter a family in. All right? So having been built, built on, epigodomeo, we're on the three, of the foundation, the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building, everybody say building, so that's not a verb at this point, or sorry, I might be saying my things wrong. It's the building, it's actually the structure, right? It's the word oikodome, everybody say oikodome, all right? And so what number are we at? Four, and that means a building, it means a house, it means an edification. Whoa, an edification. That's interesting, but it's a house, it's a building, or edification. Wow. All right, but he's built the, where the whole building upon the foundation of Jesus Christ being fitted together, and it grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Hallelujah. That means that Jesus really is building his family and the house for the family to inhabit with his glory. He, he has a family. He's building a family. He's building a house so that he can house his Shekinah Kabod glory within. The holy temple in which you also are being built together built together, that's the Greek word, sinoikodomeo. <laughs> what number are we at? For a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Dwelling place, Greek, katoikoterion. Oikos. They all have the word oikos in it. What number are we at? So, so in four verses, oikos is mentioned six times. This is so important to God for us to catch the, the heart be that he has for his church. He's not just trying to gather a group of people to do religious works for him together in a community. He actually sees us as his family, and he's trying to help us to come together, to come together, not just so we can do our time, to do our service or whatever it is. It's coming together because he's trying to call together family reunions every time that we get together. The father loves his kids, and he loves seeing his kids love each other well. 
And Jesus even said the whole world is going to be able to know who my true disciples are by how they love one another. It doesn't even say they're going to know who my disciples are because of how we love them in the world. No. No, he actually said how we love one another is, how, is going to reveal me to the whole world. And the church sucks at loving one another well. But this is what we got to do. The, the reason why the church fails at loving one another well is because we don't see it the way God does. God's version of the church is His family, and He needs us to see one another as our family so that we can love one another well. And as we do that, and as we do it rightly, and we do it humbly and selflessly, the, the world will be able to look upon us and say, whoa, there is something different about those people. There's something I'm missing. I'm an orphan. People don't even know they're orphans until they get around sons and daughters who live with a healthy, powerful, and dynamic life. And then it's like, whoa, what is different about you? You have something I need. But he's trying to build a family. He's trying to build a home. He's trying to build a place. Not, it's for his glory to dwell, but it's so that we can come into our Father and then love each other well and be a family. Not just sons and daughters of God, but brothers and sisters to the ecclesia, the oikos, the, the household. <laughs> How How are we doing? Come on, I want you guys to declare a few things with me. God will build his house. He is building his house. This is his house. And we are his household. He is building his temple for the glory to dwell in. We are his temple. We are God's home. God dwells amongst us. We are God's family. Come on. That's awesome. <clears throat> Give me just a few minutes to wrap up so I can close strong instead of just cutting right off. All right, Matthew 16, 18. Jesus said, I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. I will oikodomeo my ecclesia, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. On the solid rock foundation of the revelation of who I really am in the Spirit, I will build up my family and I will build a roof over it. I'll build a shelter around it. And this household is my church. And a house that stands together will never fall. And the gates of Hades cannot even prevail against it. Come on. Now a house that's divided amongst itself will not be able to stand. But, the, but Jesus is doing the opposite of that. He's trying to build a family where there's unity and there's love and there's actual investment into one another and into the church as a whole, the corporate church. Hope you guys can see this the way I'm seeing it in the spirit. I want, I want more, but I'm, but I'm seeing this. This is God's heartbeat. He loves it so much. He loves His church. He loves His church. 
There's so much judgment against the church, and yes, there are things that need to be repented of and things that need to be changed. People need to change things they're doing, but it's not because the church is bad. It's because people have their false version of what the church is and trying to build something that's not what Jesus is building. But when we can see that the church is actually his family, he can build the right thing. Come on. <clears throat> a, a, a few weeks ago, uh, the Pabell and Christina Vasquez, they've got a little boy, three years old, named Caleb. And it was on one of the weeks that I was talking about um, the spiritual covering of the church. And I want to read to you what, what she said. Um, Caleb, our three-year-old, can see angels. <laughs> awesome. And this is definitely new to us as parents raising kids to be in tune with the Holy Spirit and sensitive to the prophetic gifts. One Sunday, a couple of months ago, after Jesus, or sorry, <laughs> Jesus, Jesse, he's, he's making us in his image. After Jesse had preached on being a part of, the church, of a church and it being a spiritual covering and protection for us, we were headed out of the church and right at the entrance out here, Caleb kept pointing and saying, why are those boys fighting? I didn't, they didn't see anybody over there. He then said that they had swords, and some of them were angels. Come on. And the Lord was showing him on the same day I'm talking about spiritual coverings that this is a real thing, that God actually has opened the heavens. He actually has brought dispatches of angels, and he actually does protect us, and that was actually on the border of this property, which is kind of crazy, but it actually is a visual of God's protection and blessing and covering on his people through the church. <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> That's awesome. Haha. <laughs> Yeah, and, and so I want to say this. Jesus prioritized his spiritual family, sometimes even above his natural family. Now, that's an audacious thing to say. Because <laughs> what we don't want to do is cause people to, to neglect their families because of religious activity. We don't want that. But at the same time, we don't want a pendulum swing the opposite way and say, well, fam our family is important and all the things that they're doing and I can't show up to church as, as much as maybe I ought to because we got all this other stuff going on. And listen, God's family is actually very important to him and he wants it to be to us too. And there's a price, there's a cost to it. The sacrifice of fellowship is a real thing, but it's also important. You know, Jesus, when he was a kid, his, his parents lost him. <laughs> they lost God. And that's pretty crazy. Like three days later, they, it took them three days to even realize they lost God. But then they went back to Jerusalem and found him in the temple. And, and he said, what, you didn't know that I had to be about my father's business? He, Jesus loved his earthly family. But he also put a value on the spiritual family in a different way. And then like when Jesus is older, he's in his ministry in Matthew 12, um, people, he was preaching, he's surrounded by all these people that were just eating up the kingdom that he's, he's given out. 
And, and then his mother and his brothers come to find him, and they can't get to him. And somebody comes and says, Jesus, your mother and your brothers are coming out here to look for you. And what was his response? He didn't say, I hate them or anything like that. That's not what he said. But he did say this. He stretched his hand towards his disciples. He said, here are my mother and my brothers. And he said, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my mother and my brother and my sister. He's defining spiritual family. It's his oikos. He has his, he has his natural family, and that's so important. But Jesus had such a high value for, this, for the kingdom family that even at times he had to have them. He, he, had to, he, he knew how to have proper boundaries for the healthy things in both environments. Okay? <clears throat> so I'm not saying that people uh, need to, you know, not tend to their families because they have to be at everything the church does. I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is that many people underestimate how important spiritual family is to God and, that, and, that, and how important the spiritual family should be to each one of us. It's, it's severely underestimated in today's culture and in overflow church, by the way. Not everybody, but I'm just going to be honest. It's just a part of the culturizing that God needs to help us shift in. It's kingdom culture values that we're learning and we're growing in. And I'm inviting us to, to see things God's way a little more, okay? A little more. There's, there's so many more things I want to say, and maybe I'll save some of that for next week. But um, <clears throat> here's, here's how I want to how I want to wrap up my word, and then we're going to pray together. Um, it is absolutely crucial. Hope you guys are hearing my heart, by the way. This is God. Like, this, is, this really isn't about overflow. It's not about me or my ideas. Or, like, this is actually God, and this is his church. You're his family. This is a local ecclesia, and he wants us to function like it. The way he sees it is family, all right? And so it's crucial that we give ourselves, ourselves, not other people, each person for yourself, all right? An honest assessment of how we perceive and value God's church. Like you, you, you owe it to the Lord to do that, okay? Give yourself an honest assessment. How do you perceive and value the church? And then it's crucial that we determine if we actually see the church as our family. Because we say these things, and sometimes flippantly, sometimes it's even just part of our casual language, church is the family. Okay, we've you know, got a vision statement. You know, by hosting his presence, raising up a healthy family, powerful. Like sometimes we say it, but we don't actually like get into the spirit and the heart of it and really enter in to, the, to what God's doing with it, all right? But we need to determine, do we really, from a heartfelt level, see this as our family? Okay? Those of you who are watching online, this is all of us, all right? <clears throat> we need to determine if we actually value it and treat it like a family, And listen, if, you're, if a person who's hearing this is part of another church, like, 
do this uh, do this assessment with that one if you need to. But I'm just I want wherever it is, this is important. All right. So do we actually value it and treat it like a family? All right. So because value is determined by the price that you're willing to pay for something. How are we doing? Value is determined by the price you're willing to pay for something. And you can say you value something. You can say you value something, but the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the pursuit. Okay? So we, we also need to assess ourselves. That we need to determine how God sees this. How does he perceive this as a family? How does God see it? Because I then need to know, do I need to realign myself to something that's not how I'm actually functioning? Do I, we need to align ourselves with the value and the perspective and the commitment that God sees the church as a family. <laughs> it's nice and quiet in here. I, I know the things I can say to try to get all the hollers and the hoops and the wax and all that stuff and this isn't there right now, it seems like. <laughs> and then when we realize it, like we realize, we got to determine what God sees it and, and how we align or, or we're not aligned. And, and then, we, so we've got to determine that. But then you got to actually do it. Adjust. Actually get into that thing and, and prioritize it as needed prioritize it as needed. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness and all these other things that you're spending all your time trying to get accomplished. Those don't need to be number one. The kingdom and its righteousness, that's number one. And when you align yourself sacrificially and risking, you, you risk what you could try to do on your own, you risk it to align with God's values Trusting that he's going to take care of the things that you had to put lower on the priority list. Guess what? Church is a high priority to God. <laughs> it's his family. It's his oikos. Are you hearing me? <laughs> All right. I got about th four people that will probably be here again next Sunday, and I'm not. I'm concerned about some, maybe the rest of you. <clears throat> I love you guys. This, this message is, I, I'm not trying to judge any person. I, I'm trying to call us into God's values. And, and each person has to determine where you're going to go with it. But I laid it out pretty clearly. This is his value. And like I said, what you value is what you're willing to put a price, you pay, pay the price for. And, and you can say that, you, that something is valuable to you, but the proof is in the pudding. And so we have to determine this stuff. You, you guys hear in my heart? Yeah. All right, here's how I want us to close. I want you guys to, if you would, please stand with me. <clears throat> and we're going to do a campfire kind of a thing here. We're, I want you guys to hold hands with each other. 
And, and I, I also, I, want, I would love for there to be no gaps. So if you're holding hands with somebody, but there's a huge gap between you and other people, let's close those gaps. And even if you're on different rows and you can, yeah, like that, like let's just try to, I, I would love to see this whole thing interconnected. Mm. That's all right. We're, we're doing the best we can. Angel, Lord, we ask you to put angels in between the people over there. <laughs> Hold their hands. All right. Now that I want you to, I want you, maybe if you need to close your eyes for this, that's fine. Um, this interconnectedness right now, the joining together. You're holding, you're holding hands and it's, it's symbolic of holding one another. It's symbolic of, like, like I, I see John up here in the front kind of starting the train and Seth is over there at the caboose. And, uh, <clears throat> but even John and Seth are holding hands right now through, through the unity of the whole, right? I want, I want us just to look to the Lord right now, and I'm, I just want to pray. <clears throat> Holy Spirit, I ask you to sweep through this room right now. God, you, you gave birth to the church in Oikos. <laughs> you birthed the church on Pentecost in Oikos. Lord, the, 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 the Pentecost outpouring of the Holy Spirit that forged the very first day of the history of the ecclesia happened in the upper room, happened with the family community coming together in unity, and then you came and you made it a family, you made it an ecclesia, you made it oikos. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would, that you would move through each physical body in here right now. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and you guys are connected physically right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will flow through every hand, every arm, every body, and touch each person in here right now. Lord, I ask you, I just ask you to flow. I ask you to fill each person fresh, Pray for an outpouring, and I pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that you will knit hearts together, knit hearts together. I ask you, Lord God, to increase a spirit of unity amongst us. <clears throat> I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would impart and deepen the, the revelation and understanding of oikos. Lord, even right now, I ask you to give downloads to people, that you'll make it go from head. Lord, I, I spoke truth, I spoke word, even Greek word. <laughs> And it's seed, Lord God, but it, it, I gave you something to work with. I ask you to, to impart this into spirits and hearts right now. 
and explode it. Explode it in hearts, in spirits, to see, to perceive. This is your family. This is your family. Everybody say, this is his family. And Father, I, I pray right now that you would come and cover us, even tangibly right now. Whoa, I, I feel God in here right now. Thank you, Lord. Father, I ask you to come and rest upon each person in here. In the name of Jesus. And that you would hide us all under the shadow of your wings. Whew. Lord, we are your kids. Wrap us in your arms right now. God, we, come, we came together, Lord, to attend a church service, but really we came together for a family reunion with you and with each other. Holy Ghost, I, I pray supernatural connection and understanding of community. Hallelujah. Oikos, in Jesus' name. Lord, establish this in our hearts, Lord. In the name of Jesus. If anybody agrees with me, can you please shout to the Lord, amen. Amen. Whew, let's give God a big praise right now. So good. Thank you, Jesus.